right, guys, we're back for another hour of the chicken and liquor hour. We got uh got the returning guest. Uh Doc's the name is the new name. We got Doc in the building. Uh, and we got uh Keegs in the building. So uh how's it going, fellas? Good. <laughs> I say, anybody? I'm sorry, you okay? <laughs> I dropped them. <laughs> I'm doing just dandy, William. Thanks for having me as always. <laughs> yeah, so mental health check. How are y'all mentally this? Well, first of all, for the people who can't see this, Keegan looks crazy as hell right now <laughs> with a bottle of wine in his hand, no glass, a cat just walking back and forth. His hair is all over the place. Uh, so let's start with Keegs. How was your week and where are you at mentally? New I mean, father. We had a, we had a, new father alert, by the way, once again, new father alert. Three months old, 98th percentile in her height, full head of hair, big ass head like a Who dad. Who knows the, a baby's height? Hmm? Who, a baby's height, really? Yeah, I mean, for like, you know, they, they just keep track of it. Well, you're out of your element here. All right, so. <laughs> was she the size of a, of a champagne bottle? Probably, I mean, yeah, she's bigger than that. Just a little anything, I'm starting to get good arm workouts holding her enough. I bet, but um, she's good. I had a busy work week, but I got today off, man. I'm what's your wait a minute? What's your go to arm to hold her in? Still gonna be my right. Okay. I keep telling myself I gotta work on the left, but if anything, no. I mean, the way my right's been getting tired the last couple of days carrying her around i know i'm getting a workout so you know what you're gonna look like you know that episode of family guy when quagmire first found porn and that his right arm was hella strong that's yeah, what you're gonna look like guys i gotta i, I gotta get back <laughs> i gotta get back quagmire we haven't seen you in months where you been i i i, just, I gotta get back that's a lot of porn. that's a imagine discovering porn for the first time in 2020 during the pandemic when everything was shut down, like you probably would have an addiction by now. Um, Doc's the name, uh, Doc, where you at mentally? How was your week? All that good stuff. I'm straight. It's been a, a little bit of a hectic week because of work, but I'm good hanging in there. How was, uh, first of all, I was talking to the homie, uh, Ebbs the Stallion, and she was talking about how homecoming was early as hell this year. Yeah, because they tried not to have it too close to FAMU's homecoming because theirs is always at the end of October. So they wanted ours to be like the end, the of, end September. of September. That's awful. And the hurricane kind of made it to where we have to push a lot of that stuff back anyway. So yep. I just can't. That's that's the earliest homecoming I have seen. Like it it was the end of September. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. And it had to support. So were a lot of the students like pissed off or disappointed that homecoming was canceled or not? That I've seen, not really. Like, only the people who were involved with Homecoming are a little bit put off because that means, like, all the events they were part of is getting pushed back now. You mean, like, the Homecoming Committee and all those people? Yeah, like, the court and the different okay. events that we had scheduled. Like, all that has to be rescheduled. I will say, I'm not going to lie, I miss being able to get a week off of work for hurricanes coming, and then they don't really hit. But I don't miss when they actually did hit. And I was telling people here, I said, yeah, Floridians are different because unless it's a probably above a category three, they're not really tripping about much at all. But the one thing about Tallahassee is all those trees that after the hurricane is hitting the power lines and then we're without electricity for a full week and it's still hot because it's September. I don't miss that part. I do enjoy that in Atlanta. 
there's no real extreme weathers for Atlanta. You know, like some city, some areas get blizzards, get tornadoes, get hurricanes, earthquakes, like really bad thunderstorms and all that. But Atlanta, it it's not really too extreme on the weather parts, to be honest. And now since, because you remember what, back 2015 or something, 16, when they had the snowpocalypse and people were sitting in traffic for like 10 hours, 12 hours, 16 hours. They don't play. If it's going to be flurries, they just shut everything down. They don't take yeah, no chances. Was that, was that in Atlanta? Yeah. Uh-huh. Back in, I think it was 2016, probably, because I remember my boys sat in traffic for nine hours. And actually, this morning, I was talking to this guy at the dog park. He said his car was on the interstate for 24 hours. 24 hours. So, yeah, I don't, glad I wasn't here for that. But I do miss getting off of work for hurricanes. Those were some, uh, those were some good times. And then it didn't even hit y'all, right? Did y'all even get like bad rain, bad weather at all? Oh, here's what I did. Because <laughs> originally the projection looked like it was going to hit Tallahassee more than it was going to hit Central Florida. So I went home and put myself <laughs> right in the middle of it because it shifted. So I we got hit head on. Hey, that's messed up, bro. That's the irony. That's like, what was that one song back in the night? Keegan's definitely gonna remember. Oh, the Atlanta that, Morissette. Yeah. Yes, Atlanta's Morissette. Yeah. Oh, uh, uh, what you know was what the song it called? called? It was called Ironic, right? Yeah. Ironic, like, yeah. Like yeah. rain <laughs> on your wedding, or however, like rain on your wedding day, or whatever. Yeah. What'd you say, Doc? The real irony of that song is most of the stuff she was talking about wasn't truly ironic. It no, was she was not using a correct definition of ironic. True. Right. Correct. I remember that so much because uh, Keegan, definitely. Do you remember the VH1 show? Be- uh, the uh, not best week ever. Uh, I love the '90s. Oh hell yeah! When they used to do Why all are you that. Keegan, all these questions. Because I'm trying to talk to my '90s brethren. Like I'm not an old soul, and I know that stuff too. I'm talking to my '90s brethren. I was born in '95. Yeah, and we was born before the '90s started. I I remember. I re- I was there. I was look, honored. Look, Gen Z, quit trying to. No, I'm a millennial. <laughs> not Gen Z. Don't let me in with those people. You those was a people. Wasn't it your generation that was uh doing that Tide Pod challenge? Oh, back that in was the day? Those, those people were in high school. <laughs> doing that. I was in college. Well, I had graduated college. You wasn't I, in college yet. I, I had graduated no, college. Because I don't know. I was still in grad school when that happened. And you was a freshman the year after I graduated from grad school. So. You wasn't in college yet, because I remember being in grad school, okay. and that was on Vine. Gentlemen, gentlemen. Oh, Vine was so there must have been two different times, because the time I'm talking about, I had just graduated, and people in high school were doing it. Like I just oh, graduated college. I remember, I remember people doing the Tide Pod challenge in 2012 and early 2013 when I was still in grad school. Yeah, I don't remember that time. I remember the second wave of because you Gen Z, you don't remember oh, what I'm else millennials. I'm, I'm a t- I'm the tail end of millennial. <laughs> You are right there at the tail end where your year is half of y'all are like millennials and the other half are the Gen Z part and you fall yeah. into the millennial lump. I think like 96 is the official start of the Gen Z generation. I would say 95, 96, because a little bit of 95 and then definitely 96 though, but definitely. But yeah, uh, those, those I love the 90s and I love the 80s on VH1. VH1 was dope back in the day. It was, remember when like MTV, VH1, and BET all played music back in the day? No. You don't remember? I remember VH1 and BET playing a lot of music, but not MTV. You don't, oh, so yeah, I remember growing up. 
I mean, I don't know. I think by the time we definitely got to the late 90s and early 2000s, outside of like TRL, MTV had gone full like pop culture stuff, but that was what MTV2 mm-hmm. was for. And then, you know, the transition happened with that. But it was, then, yeah, probably what, 0102? Yeah, but then Fuse was like kind of filling in the gap. And that's that. like when I was in high school, I used to watch Fuse all the time. Mm. Uh, we didn't have that channel until I got older in like later high school or whatnot. I've grown up, MTV had like Scarred and all those prank shows. Like I don't remember Scarred. Scarred, yeah, Scarred was, um, it was like showing people like wiping out on like skateboarding or roller skates and- Oh yeah, okay, I do remember that. Like showing their scars off. Yep, I remember Scarred then, yep. And what was the one show, um, was it Made? Is that what it was called? Yeah. Where they like, you get some loser they wanted to be made into well, I don't want to say loser. Yeah, that's what it was though. Yeah, <laughs> they wanted to be made into a boxer or a ballerina, and they chimed out. Those shows was actually dope. And Diary and Cribs and I miss them now. All this now is pretty much just what ridiculousness and teenage mom. That's all it is now. <laughs> that's a they play they play ridiculousness like twenty three hours a day on like, MTV. That's wild. That's wild as hell. All right, shows on that channel. All right, let's get uh, our theme of uh, horror, 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 Halloween, October uh, for the episode. Um, We're going to start off with some horror movie awards. The first one, and I sent y'all these, I mean, just a little bit before the podcast, because I don't want to give y'all too much of a, you know. Uh, The first one is the Michael Myers Award. This award goes to the person, organization, fan base, whoever, who never seems to die. They may look like they're dead and gone, but they always come back ready to start some shit. Who, for you, gets the Michael Myers Award? And this is like any fan base. It can be across... Mm-hmm. Well, it doesn't have to be a fan base. It could be a person or an organization, too. Correct. Um... You know, I will say, I feel like especially in these last couple of years, Alabama football, because they'll lose a game early in the season. And then that's the year that you think, oh, they might not make the playoff. And then all the other teams lose a game as well. And then Alabama still gets to the SEC championship with uh, one that's, loss. That's, I think that's just become clockwork at this point. Alabama's going to have their little oopsie daisy loss in September, early October, mm-hmm. but it'll be part of the trials and tribulation. And Nick Saban's <laughs> going to write the ship and, and they'll be right back in the championship. Like that man, I think has lost three games once since being at Bama. So that's crazy. And then what was still, it? Probably his first year. Um. Oh, I am forgetting about the first year then. So it's past that first year, okay. I think they went. Like, I think they went like seven and six their first year. Okay. So past. So like until I straight up see Bama lose to like a team they absolutely shouldn't. Because like you know, Ole Miss had those had their number for one or two years. Texas pulled off an upset. You know they had some years where LSU would have their number. You know Auburn, but until I see them straight up, until like until like an out of conference team comes in, until we start seeing until we start seeing the true cracks form, I'm not counting out Nick Saban for anything at oh, all. Oh, all right. So real quick, Nick Saban has went six and six. Hold on, wait a minute. I'm looking at the wrong thing. Wait a minute, guys. I'm going to get it. So I got it. All right. Wins and losses. Hold on. Uh, Nick Saban has went uh, two and six. 12 and two, 14 and 0, 
10 and 3 was uh 2010 when yeah. they won the uh Capital Bowl versus Michigan State, State yeah. and blew them out 49 to 7. 12 and 1, 13 and 1, 11 and 2, 12 and 2, 14 and 1, 14 and 1, 13 and 1, 14 and 1, 11 and 2, 13 and 0, and 13 and 2. So yeah, he hasn't lost three games since 2010. And that's the only time he lost three games since his first season in 07. All right. So okay. That's like so for me, I give the Michael Myers Award to Nick Saban. And I remember a couple of years ago when they was like, he's probably gonna leave Alabama, go to Texas. He's done with it. Alabama fans are tired of him. He lost two games last season. I'm like, who do you hire after letting Nick Saban leave? Like who whoever wants that job, man, have fun. Who so all right, real quick before we get back to the Michael Myers Award. Who is more? Who's probably the toughest um, uh, sports figure to go after? You know how they always talk about you never want to go after the greatest. How like the quarterback after John Elway, uh, going in after Michael Jordan, going in after Phil Jackson, after Kobe and Shaq. Like, who's probably been the tough? I would think low key Nick Saban might be the toughest sports figure that you probably have to go after. I think it's. I mean. I think it's him or Tom Brady. Cause like, who was it? Who was it like eight years ago? When Matt they Castle. Like, not like, not, it was uh, some sports. I'll use the quotes here. Analyst uh-huh. who was like, Tom Brady is no longer elite. He is about to fall off a cliff and he's won like three Super Bowls since then. Wasn't that, um, what's his name on ESPN that left first take last year? Has his own yeah, Max Kellerman. Yeah, it was him. I can't remember. Yeah. It was him. It was it was some asinine talking head. <laughs> and so it was just that like Tom Brady, since like literally since 2001, has been doing nothing but proving people wrong, whether as an underdog or as a favorite. Right. And of course, it's why like when he actually does lose, we relish it. It's the same. Re- like I respect the hell out of Nick Saban, but I'm not gonna lie. I love when Alabama gets upset or when they finally like. That national championship game where Clemson beat them like 44, it was surreal watching that. Alabama doesn't lose like that. Alabama doesn't look pedestrian. But anyway, I, I just think it's like that man, like they've broken it down where that man has straight up had three Hall of Fame careers. Like, yeah, he had, he that- had the early New England, mm-hmm. his mid New England, and then the end of it and going to Tampa. Like yeah. he's had. It, that he's been in the Super Bowl more than he's not been in the Super Bowl, if that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, so like he has completely transformed the way like he's Lord knows how many franchises he's fucked up, not only as a player, but in terms of expectations, in terms of GMs, in terms of fan bases, like, like this notion of like, oh, like, what, like how long do we have to have a quarterback or oh man we're supposed to have an elite quarterback but they can't get over the hump winning a super bowl is so hard and like if you win it once like mm-hmm. aaron Rodgers, and again i know this has been very easy for how he's been the last couple of years and i don't blame people for this but like aaron Rodgers should have more than one super bowl but he does not and that yeah. is like generally and not considering that he's consensusly the last decade been viewed to be the most talented quarterback. That is wild that Aaron Rodgers, and obviously it's hard as hell to get to the Super Bowl and hard as hell just to win one Super Bowl. 
But it is a shock that Aaron Rodgers hasn't went to more super hasn't won more Super Bowls. It's probably like in basketball. It's in basketball. It's a shock when you like when Chris Paul retires. It's going to be shocking that he's probably not going to win a championship at this. Like now, seeing how the Suns lost last year, he's probably not going to win one. It's going to be a shock to think that damn. He probably only got to one, maybe two finals appearances, but he's never won a championship. Like the, the fact that Aaron Rodgers is probably the most talented quarterback because he can do every single fucking thing. Only has one Super Bowl ring. That's crazy. Like he's only, he has not been back to a Super Bowl since and, that one. And he should have because he's been in the NFC also. It's not like using an AFC where, for what a decade plus, the Steelers, Patriots, and Colts was pretty much yeah. running the AFC. He was and, and yeah. throw Baltimore in there as well. He got to yeah. He got to avoid. He got to avoid the Brady, Manning, Roethlisberger, Grindhouse, and then even the couple and the of Ravens years, defense. And then the Ravens <laughs> defense in the couple of years when Joe Flacco was like, "Fuck you, I'm elite, <laughs> elite. <laughs> Give me that elite money, motherfuckers." And so he avoided that grindhouse. Did you know like, Joe Flacco was still in the NFL? Yeah, he's on the Jets, right? Just learned that this week. Had no idea. I feel like that could potentially be an answer to one of your questions. Then, oh man. damn! <laughs> oh shit! It but, really okay, could. so I'm gonna I'm gonna steer us in a little bit a little bit of a direction. Okay. And so I traditionally I would want to go sports, but the, my first reaction to this this question when I was reading it, the Michael Myers Award, is is that. Growing up, like, you know, I always played, like, I basically, like, I I was a, like, a Sony boy. Like, I had the Playstations and all that, and I didn't have... That was me. I didn't have a Sega. I didn't do, you know, like, that was the one that, like, my dad randomly decided to get me in 95, and then, you know, just, that's what I Oh, had. the very first one. Yeah. I had the very first... What, can you remember, real, we're going to get back on it. Can you remember the first game? Crash Bandicoot. Okay, I had I had my very first game. What'd you say? I love Crash Bandicoot. I have the um reboot. I I think my first game was NFL. Was it NFL Game Day? Man, God, they I love the variety they had in the sports games. Yeah, (laughs) I had NFL Game Day, but go ahead. So that's just I had to preface that, and so like we knew like growing up, we knew like Nintendo was king, and like it had all these franchises. And like, it's still no matter what, no matter what happens, but how well received these games are and how, when they're coming out. And I keep forgetting about like the Sonic franchise and like the fans associated mm-hmm. with it. I'm still blown away at the fact that when these games are still being made, because most of the time they're not well received, but this fan base doesn't die. This fan base still somehow is out there and it has spanned multiple generations and it's very weird and it's very passionate really? and, it, like and it's full of like furries and just like, it's really? like, the, the it's son- like Sonic is, you said Sonic? The Sonic like fan base is really weird. As, yeah, it's like, you wouldn't think that this fan base that arguably hasn't produced like a mainstay hit since the 90s outside of like maybe sonic mania and that's it and they'll be like well actually there's been one or two games that have been decent (laughs) but like there's more misses than hits easily and they're bad they're bad misses too and it's just like but they're still out here like they're still out there and it's like 
They're so rich. that's why they was fine with making the movie, like because they had that huge fan base there. Yeah. Somehow Sonic, despite the fact like Mario has had hit after hit after hit after hit after hit. Sony has had all these like franchises and variations of mascots and all that. Like Microsoft and Halo and and even with Gears of War, like we get it, but like somehow Sega's just still out here beating this dead horse and ruining this. And this fan base is still like, mm, yum, 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 this is awful. Please give us more. And I just, yeah, I just, I can't explain it. Like, I thought you were about to go in a different direction. I thought you were going to say like Nintendo keeps reinventing itself and coming back and like dominating in its own way. So, I mean, there's a way to, to talk about that, but like, I feel like, Nintendo had a couple of home consoles where they just didn't sell well, but they're still hit after hit after hit. Yeah. And they were still just dominating the handheld market. And then they just kind of merged the two together now. And like the Switch is just like an incredible machine that combines both, that appeals to both these bases. And that's why it just kills with these numbers and these games. But like Sega just fumbled everything. And it's why they only make games now. And they don't even make good games half the time. Is, is there a Sega console like currently? Sega's been out of a console game since the '90s. Dreamcast was it. Uh, Damn, who's probably number one in the console? PlayStation. If we're going by sales, PlayStation easily. It's, it's close right now with the way the Switch does, but the the generation numbers got all screwed up because the Switch was like a weird in between. Believe, believe me, William, we could have a, an entire podcast where I'd love to discuss these specifics with you. Where's, where's Xbox sit today in popularity? It's an American console. That's it. Oh, okay. And maybe England, but like it, it doesn't, it barely exists in Japan. But if you try selling that to Xbox fans, they will swear it's like the best selling, most innovative console of all time. Funny. All right, Jacor, the Michael Myers Award. So Keegan oh. said, Keegan said Sega. <clears throat> Which I, I understand that now after you explaining that. And it makes more sense why they was comfortable with making a, I mean, Sonic, not Sega, a Sonic movie. Because I was wondering, I'm like, I ain't heard much from Sonic, but that makes sense now. So he said, Sonic, who are you giving the Michael Myers Award to? So this probably isn't the best answer. I wish I had more time to think about this. But the first thing that came to mind was Kanye. It's like, just when you think he's starting to calm down or get a little more normal, he just was like, nah, I'm still here. <laughs> I'm going to show y'all some shit. <laughs> I'm still a free thinker. I'm still going to do what I want. Like, I'm I'm just so tired of seeing his name in headlines. Like, I'm just tired. Are you shocked that it makes headlines still so much? Like, why do people care so much? Like, me, and you know me, I was the biggest Kanye fan growing up. Like, I was the biggest Kanye fan. And I was the a big Kanye fan probably until uh, Yeezus is where it started to change. I was still a fan, but it started to change at Yeezus. Mm. And so I'm, when I see all these antics and stuff, like, to me, he's become the king of literally that saying any press is good press. And he's leaned into... Oh, they're not talking about me right now. I don't care if I'm saying something negative. I'm going to say something. So you're not shocked that people care this much still? Like, that it makes headlines? Nah, because, like, the stuff he says, he gets more and more outrageous and inflammatory every time. Like, every couple years, he just ups the ante. Like, his latest tweets dissing Jewish people for no reason. It's like, that came completely out of nowhere. <laughs> now, there, are some, there are some people who, like, are closer to him that say he's been like that. He just never voiced it. But 
this is the first time he said anything like that publicly. So like, yeah, it's going to make headlines. It just, well, no, did you hear that? Uh, I saw that he was on an episode of uh, LeBron's show, The Shop. I, I and heard he, he was saying so much outrageous shit. They was like, nah, we can't, we can't yeah. post this at all. So imagine it could have been a fire episode with a lot of other great guests. And they're just like, we got to scrap this because this dude Kanye is saying some crazy shit. But mm-hmm. I guess for me, I guess I'm more just, I'm probably just thinking about the music aspect, I guess, then. And I forget that since he be since he became Kanye Kardashian, he really just became a celebrity mm-hmm. in that, like in the sense of just famous just for being famous. I'm still I still look at Kanye as the artist. And I'm like, this nigga ain't dropped nothing dope in years. So but I again, don't care. Try telling his fan base that because according to them, Donda's the best album of all time. But I was, I was say, but I was well, his how fan can you base. diss Donda like that? But I was his fan base. So I've noticed that there are two Kanye fans. Yes. You have people like me, probably y'all as well, who were the early fans, college dropout, late registration, graduation, 808s and heartbreak, mm-hmm. all that like Yeezus, I didn't love or whatnot. But I, and I, I fucked with uh, Life of Pablo enough and then obviously Watch the Throne, Niggas in Paris and all that. Life of Pablo was just eh. But it was, a, but then you have the newer fans, the younger people who it was around Yeezus and Life of Pablo where they became thinking that Kanye is just God MC, God producer, God hip hop and all that. Those are two different. And those are these fans that love Donda. And I used to be a person if Kanye said, I'm dropping an album on December 22nd, nigga, I'm staying up on December 21st until midnight so I can listen to that album all through the night. I haven't done that since probably Watch the Throne. That may have been the last one. Yeezus was the last one I did that, and I was disappointed because I only liked a couple songs. And I, so I think I'm still looking at it as Kanye the artist. And so I don't care about all the other antics because Kanye's the king of, he should only talk over beats. Only when he's rapping and making music. He shouldn't. Remember when he didn't do interviews? Yeah. Like, remember, like, we, we never heard Kanye speak back in the day. And now, all of a sudden, this nigga can't stop talking. And it's ruined it, and it's such a shame. Uh, Pre-Kardashian, I loved him. Yeah, but he keeps coming back, though, like, every few months. How? But, yeah. like, is it because those younger fans love his music so much they don't give – do you think also because those younger fans, it's not necessarily such a core Black audience anymore? Because yeah. I noticed that there's a lot of young, like, Asian and white kids that love Kanye. I think it's a couple things. I think that's part of it. I also think – Kanye makes really easy headlines so if you're a media outlet and you're trying to get views and clicks of course you're going to report on whatever Kanye is doing because a lot of people care about what he's saying but yeah I think that's definitely a part of it like his fan base just is not the same anymore I've noticed it seems like Kanye fans now this might this may or may not make sense but Kanye fans today give me the same energy as like hype beasts who buy all the sneakers and then try to resell them it makes total sense I feel like they're the same people yes no literally yes that makes sense i have nothing else to add to that other than it makes sense i can't can't explain it but to me they're the same group of people yep it's the people who it's like when i was growing up and then nelly came out with air force ones and people wasn't rocking air force ones or didn't even know what an air force one was and then nelly came out with a song and had a whole bunch of forces and you had kids who knew nothing about 
hip hop Nelly or Air Force Ones and went and got them and then said that they were sneakerheads. So yeah. it's like a lot of these people who have become Kanye fans over the last couple of years, they're calling themselves hip hop heads. And like Kanye hasn't been hip hop, like hip hop as an embodying the culture in probably eight, nine, 10 years. So I totally get that. That was a perfect, perfect, um, it's not a yeah. metaphor. Um, like his, his allegory. Um, it's not an allegory. It's not a metaphor. What is just a comparison, I guess? Yeah, like his fan base is hype beast that just goes whatever, like whatever's popular at the time. And his music. Did you even listen to Donda? I did just to see if I like it. Like the whole thing though, because I, I couldn't get through I think the whole I thing. Through it start to finish. Oh, so on a scale of one through five, what would you give it then? All I remember is that I thought Certified Lover Boy was a better album. <laughs> yeah, didn't those come out on the same day or around the same time or something? Okay. Yeah, I I think they're like a week apart. They're around the same time. Well, and then when's the last time you listened to Certified Lover Boy though? When it came out. <laughs> didn't that album? Because that for me that album just came and went. Yeah. What's the last Drake album that you was like, man, this is dope? Hmm. <laughs> Probably. So I remember when this album first came out, I didn't care for it. But I think the last great Drake album was probably Views. I, hold on. Let me make sure I put them in order because I probably will agree. Cause I, I liked it more like after listening to it more and after some time it passed. When it first came out, I didn't care for it. But I think that's his last like really, really good album. That was me, too. It's like it took a while. No, you know what? The last one I really enjoyed was More Life. More Life was the I didn't last like one. Life at all. See, for me, Views was just okay, and I didn't love it that much, but More Life, I was like, oh, no, I'll fuck with this. I really enjoyed More Life, but you also know Passion Fruit. I'm actually going to put that in my top five Drake songs, Passion Fruit. I'll have to listen I, to it because I don't see it. I, I know, most people are not going to see it, but I fucking love that vibe, but I also love Passion Fruit Margaritas. So that might Wait, be part that, of it. That has nothing to do with the song. It, ha- it doesn't, but I associate the song with a passion fruit margarita somehow. Like, I, it, you know how the, the brain is crazy. Like, the, I, I associate because I love passion fruit mimosas and passion fruit margaritas. So I associate that song with those margaritas and uh, mimosas. And that's just so, even if it's not really top five, I put it in there. But yeah, that's my last... Drake album that I truly enjoyed. I I can't fuck with these last couples. What was I'm, what came out right before Certified Lover Boy? Wasn't that like Dark Lane demo tape or something like that? Yep, that and uh and uh Scorpion. Scorpion was okay. Eh. Oh, because in between that he dropped a care package of all those old songs that we all love Drake for. Yeah. Like the motion. I don't, I don't consider that an album though. That's just no, it's not. I'm just saying, but that's what he just put out in the meantime. But I feel like Drake's at a point where he's trying to figure out who he is musically now. And like I'm not hating on him for trying to be different. Like with honestly, never mind. He's trying to do something totally different. And I love artists that try to evolve and try to be different. Or not try to be different, just trying to evolve their music and not put out the same shit over and over. Like I appreciate that. But I think that his prime is gone now. I, yeah. I, I think his prime is over. Like, I think we've had this conversation so many times where we compare rappers to basketball players. And, like, you know, I've said before, like, Drake and LeBron, the difference is LeBron has almost been in his prime his entire career. 
Mm-hmm. And now Drake, I think, is out of his prime. And he can release, look, Drake can release a, a dope song here, a dope song there, a good feature here, a good verse here. But I think him dropping a fire album, that's a thing of the past. Yeah. I, I, I don't see it no more. It's funny. I completely forgot about um what was the name of the album? Thank you, never mind. Uh, yeah, honestly, never mind. You just put together Thank Me Later and yeah. honestly, never mind. I completely forgot about that album until you said it. I could have swore Certified Lover Boy was his last album until I remembered he did release something after that. But this past summer in June. Yeah, I, that came and went for me too. <laughs> that did, that came and went, boy. And like, Drake was another artist that when you knew an album was going to drop, you'd get really excited and I couldn't wait to listen to it. And now if they say an album's going to drop, I don't care. Yeah. It's, it's just not a big deal to me anymore. Like, so, all right, real quick. Who are those artists that you used to be so excited about dropping music? And then if you hear they're dropping something, you're like, I'll get around to listening to it. Not that you just dislike it, but you're like, I'll get around to listening to it. Um, T.I. Oh, yes. T.I. Yeah. The game, the game also for me. I see, I grew up being a really big game fan, but I don't think I ever really like waited for his albums like that or anticipated them. Like I would listen to them as soon as they came out, but I, I never really like, well, at the time, like at that time it wasn't streaming. So you'd like have to go to the store and get the CD. Correct. Like, yeah, there was never that much of an urgency for me to like wait on him to drop a new album. But when he did, I would listen to it. But yeah, yeah. I think guy is like one of the only people where it's like when he announced that an album was coming out, I would have to go to the store on that day to get it. Yeah, I was like that with, I was definitely like that with T.I., The Game, I was like Kanye, mm. uh, Wale, um, J. Cole, Drake. I would throw Jay-Z in there, but if Jay-Z announced he's dropping an album in November, I'm actually still going to be pumped for that, only because, like, he's dropped good music over the last couple of years, good verses, <laughs> um, fucking 444 was actually really dope, and what's crazy is, when he announced 444, I wasn't that excited because I thought he had lost it. I'm like, man, it's my favorite rapper ever, but I just don't think he got it no more. Then I listened to that and I had to apologize. I'm like, my bad, bro. Like, you- Yeah, because before that was what, Magna Carta? Mm-hmm. And Magna Carta, I didn't hate, but I'm like, this ain't Jay-Z, though. Yeah. Yeah, it, so I was a little I was a little disappointed, but, but yeah, so I'm not going to put Jay-Z in there at all. All right, so you gave the Michael Myers Award to Kanye, which Kanye makes- and his um, fan base of hype beasts. <laughs> Kanye, <laughs> his fans of hype beasts. All right, the Get Out TSA Award, which is dedicated to Lil Rail, who worked for TSA and saved. Uh, you hear uh, Keegan being a father in the background, by the way. Um, but uh, Lil Rail and Get Out. This is dedicated to him, who came and saved the day at the last minute when you thought shit had hit the fan. And uh, my guy, Daniel, I ain't even going to try to pronounce the last name because I'm not going to myself. Not that hard to say. You know, you don't have to try to be better than everyone all the time, Doc. Anyways, this is dedicated to him. So, Ja'Cory, who do you give the Get Out TSA Award to? I need an example first before I answer that because that kind of sounds like the Michael Myers Award still. No, someone to show. So I looked at it as like someone who's clutch. So you can compare it to like Kobe, LeBron, MJ hitting a game winner, <clears throat> or somebody uh, who even someone you didn't expect to show up, but here they are. So you can even look at it like in that uh, Giants and Patriots Super Bowl 
when David Tyree caught that ball when it looked like Eli Manning was about to get sacked. So even that as well, or you listening to a song and a rapper that you didn't expect to drop a fire verse, drop the verse, you're like, oh shit, this was cold. Uh, or even going to see Get Out, I had no idea what to expect. And that movie was, I'm like, damn man, something when you leave and you're like, damn, that was really good. I wasn't expecting that. Okay. There are I, was, I was like that when I ate lamb for the first time. I didn't know what to expect from lamb. And I'm like, lamb is fire. This is delicious. I didn't know it was going to be so good. So shout out to lamb. So lamb probably gets my uh, get out TSA award. Okay. Then I'm going to give a special shout out to your, this. I, I guarantee you can't guess what I'm about to say right now. I'm going to give a special shout out to Abbott Elementary for saving sitcoms and being one of the best shows on TV right now. Ooh, no, that's that's a good one. I like that. <laughs> that is a really, really good. First of all, I don't know if it's safe sitcom because there's a lot of sitcoms I enjoy, but not in the past like five years, though. Modern Family was my shit. But when did that end? Less like, than five. What's it? 2020? Uh, 2020. Yeah, but that had been on for like 12 years and that was becoming. Okay, yeah, true. Show. Yeah, like Big Bang, Modern Family, Brooklyn Nine-Nine had all been on since like 2010 or something. So I so I get it then because those was from like a previous era. Yeah. And we're in a whole new era. So I get that. Plus, it's they're not forcing any type of thing on the show. They're not forcing comedy. They're not forcing diversity. It yeah. just feels natural. Yeah. And and yeah, I'm with, I, yeah, I like that answer. Every episode, they find ways to like really creatively discuss like real issues in education in a way that's entertaining and that gets you to understand them. How schools are overcrowded, how the lunches are horrible, just all of that. Yeah, I and and they don't force it where it still feels funny though. You know how like there's certain shows where I watch it for the comedy aspect, and then out of nowhere they drop a serious drama episode, and you're like, this is. I'm not really feeling this. Like, I don't know if you, Keegan probably hasn't seen this, but uh, Black AF on Netflix. I haven't Black, seen Black is for why well, I knew Keegan hadn't. I was just. I've, I've actually, I watched the first episode of that. Oh, damn. I'm totally off. And I apologize to the both of you for my expectation. Yeah. But maybe that, you shouldn't make racial assumptions <laughs> anymore, William. But just like Blackish. That show's always funny. And then out of nowhere, they start talking about like serious marriage issues and divorce and all that. And I'm like, I'm not watching that for this. I don't like because I'm too deep into the show. And all of a sudden you drop this out of nowhere. So I uh yeah, that was a good answer, Jacory. I, I I fucks with that. Abbott Elementary. That's a I also with Abbott Elementary, I don't like to watch it when it's just coming on. I like to wait until three episodes come up just so I can binge watch three episodes in a row, by the way. Hmm. Just to I watch it every week, but I watch it like the next day on Hulu. Yeah, but I like to wait until like a couple episodes. Actually, I do that with every TV show I watch now. Wait for it to pile up just so I can binge watch it. Netflix has ruined it for, for me with that. Um, Keegan, do you have one for the Get Out TSA Award? Damn, I keep circling the drain for a couple of things. And I mean, now I don't even want to like follow Ja'Cory's answer, but... <laughs> um give me give me a sec do you have an answer um i was gonna say something basic because just for giving examples and i was gonna but i was basic but something that's not always said i was gonna say chris paul because 
Chris Paul, every team he goes to, he affects winning. He wins when he gets there. And they like when he got to Oklahoma City, they expected him to kind of be done and to demand a trade. And he took that sorry-ass Oklahoma City team to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And not just like an AC, they was like a six seed or something. So, uh, and Chris Paul doesn't always get his credit for it because they rather look at him as he doesn't have the rings or he's only got to one finals, which what I say earlier, but I said Chris Paul, cause he always, he comes up clutch for his teams and takes them to the next level when you never expect him to do so. So that's my, uh, get out TSA, um, award or, I was a uh, Lil Wayne in them mid two thousands where every mm. song he, every song he got on he dropped a fire feature. He always made the song better. Always was better than the regular part. The song uh, the person who was on the song originally. So uh, Lil Wayne also gets my uh, TSA uh, get out award. You know, I'm talking on this podcast before about how he straight up stole Mike Jones' song and now it's like it's the sky's the limit beat. It's not. <laughs> Jones beat well I heard Lil Wayne Sky's the Limit before I heard Mike Jones song so then it made Mike Jones song even worse I forgot what song I heard first I just remember hearing that and thinking the beat is so fire and then my roommate when I was in college was like oh this is Mike Jones I said Mike Jones why does he have a beat this fire and he played the original and I'm like, bro, they wasted a dope-ass beat on Mike See, Jones. Look, the original is not that bad. It's just Lil Wayne does it so much better. Yeah, so when I heard, it's just like the first Batman movie I saw was Dark Knight. And then I went and watched the first one. I'm like, this shit is whack as hell because I saw Dark Knight first. Yeah. So it's kind of the same thing. Okay, Keith, okay. Ready? I think that has helped me. So I'm going to give you what I, I thought was my original answer was going to be. And it's more low-key, so let me look up and make sure the guy's name, I'm getting the guy's name right. Okay, so any and all know who Paul Walter Hauser is? What, start off, nigga, what, uh, start (laughs) over, what? Yeah, I know that's a, I know that's a white-ass name, Paul Walter Hauser. No. All right, any of y'all seen Richard Jewell? No idea what you're talking about. Okay, how about I, Tanya? Um... Well, I've heard of it. I haven't seen it. Okay. So. I t- well, is that with uh the white girl? Um <laughs> yes. about the about the skater, the yes. ice skater. Margot Robbie's in it. Yeah, Margot yeah. Robbie. <laughs> okay, so basically he's a, he's a straight up character actor. And after we first saw him, like we knew he was in Richard Jewell because he plays Richard Jewell, but he's in I Tanya and he actually ends up playing the guy who like basically hires the person and like starts the whole or ordeal and thinks he's like a badass but he's just so utterly incompetent and in like every other role he's in he plays he plays just like random low-key comedic roles just coming out of nowhere and then you can go back and you'll see him oh damn he was in this you know thing for like 30 seconds and he steals the scene uh he was in uh i think you should leave have you, either of you watched that the tim robinson sketch thing on netflix i know what you're yeah. talking about yeah uh, it's not for everyone. It's super stupid and weird. I love it. Um, he's in like a, a sketch that's like a couple minutes long. And I think it's just incredible. Um, he's in apparently he's in a Cobra Kai and he's very good. Um, and so that was going to be my thing where I just feel like even for like a small character actor, he's just always coming in clutch and stealing the show. 
But like right now, since Will mentioned Batman, I'm going to go with this one. I think right now with the way like he's rebounded after a couple years of taking it slow after Ooh. Twilight. Robert I know Pattinson. that's yeah. Robert that was Pattinson. before you even got to that. After you said Margot Robbie, I was about to say I also nominate him as well. So we was on the right on the yeah, same track. Just I think him storming back with like Good Times, Lighthouse, like the latest yeah. Batman movie. As someone who's been like, it's not like I don't have strong opinions about Ben Affleck Batman, but like I just I never really was super into it, and then like I just had cooled on it and that checked a lot of boxes for me. So I think Robert Pattinson basically has stormed back into the limelight and has just revitalized, basically not, I'm not going to say save DC, but he's revitalized Batman. He's come out with a couple of these A24 like art house flicks and has like reestablished his name as a respected actor where he's been super legit. I wouldn't even say reestablished. He established because we only had Twilight at first and I thought he was just one of those type of actors and probably what's the other dude's name that played the werewolf in twilight oh yeah oh god that guy hasn't done anything he's what he's what i thought robert pattinson would have been to be honest but robert pattinson he's a fucking dope ass actor and good times was dope as hell he's like you know back in the day they were talking about like gucci man all right hear me out they were talking about Gucci Mane. And I, know, like, I know where you're going with this. Because there's like, he picks the dopest beats. Like, he knows, picks the best producers and all of that. And Robert Pattinson, he makes sure to work with, like, the best directors and great stories and all of that. And that's how I kind of compare the two. Like, he's like Gucci Mane in that sense where Robert Pattinson knows how to pick a good uh, story, good writers, good director, and all of that. And Gucci Mane knew how to pick a dope beat because he knew Gucci Mane's not the best rapper but if you pick a dope beat and you know how to ride the beat right. then they got and your fans gonna love you so I kind of compare them to in that sense so I hope that makes sense so all right next award this is the last summer award ex- inspired by I know what you did last summer where they got away with uh killing a man for the most part. They got away with it with the when it comes to the uh the law. But obviously he did try to come back and all that. But Jennifer Love Hewitt kept surviving in one and two. So the last summer award always seems to get away with something somehow. Who would you give this to? No lie. This Hunter is Biden second- and that laptop and the crack cocaine and <laughs> Mm. I I felt like Donald Trump. That man is. I mean, I feel like that's that's the easy answer, but yeah. it's also still well, one of the fruit. most correct ones. Because like right. I swear, everything that keeps happening, I got friends in group chats being like, "This feels different, right?" And I'm like, until I see something, man, it's not like I don't care, but like, like they're like, I just I don't believe it. I don't believe that something right. is actually going to happen. He's like Teflon. He just keeps getting away with it like he's like and i saw a news uh a headline today and it was like he's being subpoenaed by the january 6th committee i'm like okay sure when i see it happen that's when i'm gonna believe it also my other nomination was sports with larry brown who would could lose and lose and lose at different teams and still get a new head coaching job actually not just larry brown back uh football basketball mlb coaches period 
they recycle the same old coaches over and over and over, and they could suck at three different teams and still get another job. So uh, sports coaches, that's the answer I'm going with. So my answer is going to shake some tables. Let's talk this about Here he talk about Brett Favre and him um, stealing welfare money from poor people in Mississippi. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't say that he's getting away with it, though. It just now came out. So I feel like we'll see a year from now if he gets away with Oh, but, well, never mind. Hold on. Never mind. I forgot what I about, that, about I forgot, the... <laughs> we all forgot about his other scandals until... Yeah. The pictures, well, the text messages. Like, even yeah. just now, like, I still remember reading about this, like, a couple of years ago about how some scandal... In, so, like, this is just the first wide break open thing. Yeah. That's finally happened with this. There were rumblings of it for a while. And already he's I'm not gonna be surprised if like he tries to go the political route because he's already trying to be like, I'm the victim here, and like cancel culture just getting out of hand and trying to do this. And like someone's gonna whisper in his ear, man, like, hey man, like a position's gonna open up in Mississippi for as like a state senator or a senator or like a you know a member of Congress, and you should run. Look what Herschel Walker's doing. Look what Tommy Tuberville did. Like, and he, like his CTE rattled brain is going to go, yeah, yeah. Where am I? Yeah. Them them Herschel Walker ads is out of control. And then especially, I don't even know if y'all hear all the ones I hear since I'm in Georgia. These shits be popping up all the time. And I'm like, he a wild boy. And these voters are like, yeah, I'm going to vote for him even more now. Like, I don't get it. What's up? What's up with y'all in Georgia? Y'all, I ain't from here. <laughs> I and I'm in Atlanta. It's a little bit different than the rest of Georgia. So I, uh, William can't relate. I'm gonna say that. So um, that was a good. That was a good one, Jacory. I fucks with that. Also, another thing to add on with Brad Favre, he got away with always sitting out a training camp and saying he's gonna retire. And then mm-hmm. wait until the end of it to be like, nah, I'm going to come back. I feel like he did it like his last three years just in Green Bay. Yeah. And then they finally got tired of it. And he kept getting away with it and coming back. So Brett Favre was a good one. I fucks with that. Keegs, you got one? I mean, I got two or three people running around in my mind. The one person I'm going to leave off this might be my clown of the year. But like, it's, man, it's Kanye. Like, how does he... How does he keep doing this? And that, like, even so, like, I know he's got, like, we've talked about his subset of fans now that are like, oh, he's infallible. But, like, this, like, this school he started is like, it's. I just heard about that. The school. And, like, I, I found out about this, like, a while back. And I'm like, this is, like, it's his former pastor. And it's, like, overly religiously, like, it's just, like, it, it's. They got to sign NDA. It's major, it's major cult vibes. But it's also like major, oh, this is just weird-ass rich people clout chasing and doing what they want. Eyes wide shut parties. They'll pay pay $20,000 a year for their kid to go here and think that, oh, it's going to look real good and it doesn't matter because they'll will pay for the best tutors on the side anyway. (laughs) They'll take the tests that they need to and then we'll pay for them to go to a school that we want them to go to. And so like, and then like, it's just even, it's just even like the, like it pulls in to where like, like all the the other like famous athletes or, or stuff that are within his circle, with like it just, and then, like just his his fashion stuff and how he keeps getting away with this. Like the man, the man on, yeah. Well, one it's like it's just trash shit. The man straight up had a, an 
an expected but very public and very messy breakup where he like like he basically stalked his ex on social media and had like it out with Pete Davidson and even Pete Davidson a man who has been open about like his own mental health issues was like dude there's a better way to do this and then again like the like the stuff he keeps trying to like do with inflammatory like slogans and then yes straight up one day being like hey i'm a little sleepy but also the next when i wake up i'm coming for the jews <laughs> is like how does he also the worst part low key was him calling pete davidson skeet davidson like that was your insult for him bro like you got I know you're way better with your with your insults than Skeet Davidson. You remember just like a month ago, Kanye had it out with Adidas and a whole bunch of like a, a whole bunch of people from the community were like, let's boycott Adidas in support of Kanye. I'm like, did you forget who this is? <laughs> like all the times he's turned his back on us. Like, why should we he only the, every blue moon he comes out trying to say I'm a black man, this and black, but you usually don't fuck with black people at all anymore. So what are you even talking about? <laughs> only when it's convenient. <laughs> Little Skeet Davidson, Kanye could be a lot of these awards, yeah. <laughs> which takes us to the next one, the It Clown of the Year Award. Which Kanye is an easy, Donald Trump is another easy one as well. But I'm trying, I'm trying not to go for someone so obvious. Mine is Ime Udoka. Uh, head coach of the Boston Celtics. That's a great one. <laughs> who you, not even that everybody's going straight to her. You don't cheat on me alone. I don't know nothing about that relationship. They could be in an open relationship for all I know. But dog, you're the head coach of one of the most legendary franchises in sports history. And you're a black head coach of a Boston, Boston, the most, not, I ain't going to say the most racist town, but the most aggressively racist town because they're aggressive as hell in boston so it makes everything seem worse and they're also like probably the most historic racist town too yeah probably most historic racist town and you fuck it up after uh after going to the finals in your first season as the head coach and you have two young all-stars and one of them Jason Tatum is probably a superstar franchise player. You have what any other sports coach would want in any sports, football, hockey, baseball, soccer, basketball, whatever. And you fuck it up messing around with someone who works for the organization, not mess, not just messing around with it. Cause at first they was just like, it was consensual and it probably was consensual at first, but it sounds like this dude started being aggressive and wilding out. You mess all of that up, and you have a team that could have could win the championship this year. Like you came within two games of winning the NBA championship in your first season, and you're married to Nia fucking Long, who is not only fine, but she has been just a dope black woman in Hollywood since I was a kid. And you get your first head coaching position ever as a black man for the Boston fucking Celtics while married to Nia Long from for public consumption nigga you got everything like what else as as just a man what else would I really want if I have a nice job as the as the Boston Celtics head coach paying nice 
and I get to basically coach Jason Tatum, one of the best players under what, 25 or 26 in the league, Jalen Brown, those two, and I'm married to Nia Long, who is a beautiful woman and a dope actress and who is very successful in her field. Nigga, you is the IT it clown of the year. That was a good one. Also, I was scrolling on my phone. Felt, my bad. Hold on. I'm sorry, but that felt like a Skip Bayless rant. What I just went on. <laughs> <laughs> that, that just now not thinking about it. That felt like a Skip Bayless rant. My bad. Go ahead, Jacory. I, I was scrolling through my phone, not because I wasn't paying attention, but I was looking for material to answer this question. Um, but my pick for the biggest clown of 2022 is we were just talking about him, Herschel Walker. <laughs> one of the most embarrassing political campaigns I've ever seen. <laughs> that's saying something in a year where Dr. Oz is a candidate. Yeah, yeah. You that's know what's well? Remember back in the day, who was the wrestler that became Minnesota's governor? Jesse. Uh, uh, Jesse the Body Ventura. Like, yeah. the, these politicians now make him look like oh he was so sane like he was a great politician him and arnold man like and our, yeah like it was well back then that arnold was running and now look at all the fucking weirdos and herschel herschel walker said that covid got here because china pushed out all the bad air over yeah. to america nigga what and then, like, this whole thing now with the, the woman he paid for an abortion for, he was like, oh, she's lying. And then she produced a receipt and a get well card signed by him. But, also, and, like, who, but who, then, gives, who gives a get well card to someone who just had an abortion? That is that is wild, though. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to say any names, but somebody I grew up with, homegirl grew up with, got an abortion at 15. And right after her abortion, her mother took her out to eat. Took her out for a manicure, pedicure, bought her a bunch of clothes to tell her, like, you know, congrats. Like, we're going to do better now. Like, that's kind of the same thing with Herschel Walker. No, what I'm saying is, like, giving someone a get well card makes it sound like they just got over a cold. When this is so <laughs> much, so much more than that. And he just gave her a card like it was like, you know, I, I don't know. I'm glad you, I'm glad COVID is, I'm glad you got over COVID, basically. Yeah. <laughs> And then the fact that he lied about it and his whole campaign is based on being against abortions. And when the public found out about it, he ended up getting like, all, he got even more donations to his campaign. His like, best fundraising day, he's gone up a couple points in the polls. Like, Did you see how, how his son put him on blast though? Yeah, I saw that on Twitter. Yeah. And now they're using that in those uh, in those political attack, uh, commercial attacks now. Because I saw he posted it on Twitter and all that and i'm like and oh, now he's what? trying to dis now he's trying to dismiss that and be like oh my son is a leftist and if you know <laughs> anything about, no he's not like if you know anything about his son who is also a piece of shit yes like he straight up is like he's pretty much on the MAGA train too but he's just also like oh no our guess i i guess our policies align but i hate my father for all of these reasons that you should know about and people are like eh. that's right that's why now attack ads don't matter at all like the attack because you're because now when it comes to politicians especially and it probably has always been like this but now i'm older i see it 
it's like a fan base. It's not like a supporters or what, what people want better for the country. Like people who support Herschel Walker are his fans. They're just like people who support Kanye West, people who supported R. Kelly yeah. and all of this shit. Like it doesn't matter. Herschel Walker could come out and stab somebody on TV and he could be like, no, it was a leftist. And they'll be like, yeah, I, I fucks with it. Yeah, that makes sense, Herschel. And donate even more money. So you see I, how good he stabbed that guy? Right? <laughs> That's why he was a touchdown machine back in the day. That is, you know, it's just scary to think that because us kids, when we're watching our favorite athletes, we're not thinking anything else other than them as athletes. But to think that, damn, it might be a lot of these black athletes that think like Herschel Walker. Or yeah. do you even think Herschel Walker really believes all this shit? Or is he just trying to be a politician and wants to win? Yeah, I think it's, I mean, he might be a conservative guy, but I think it's more about just saying whatever's going to get Republicans to vote Correct. for. Correct. Yeah, I think like his base may be very conservative, but all this extreme shit, he probably don't even believe it, but he knows the more extreme he is. I mean, you can tell he has no idea what he's talking about, about how he talks about COVID and what, whatever thing he was just talking about with like, with the bulls in the pen or whatever. What, what was he talking about? I don't know what the fuck he was talking about. You can tell he he doesn't know about these issues for real, but he's just saying whatever, you know, will get Republicans to vote for him. It's it's scary. Uh, Keegan, you got your clown of the year. Uh, I mean, we talked about so many clowns, but and I mean, he's in the the news, right? Like it's Elon, man. Like, no. <laughs> how is this fucker like? He, I mean, he was also a good candidate for keep getting away with it, man. Like, I mean, this man. Yeah. Is, has fallen how many kids and baby mothers does he have <laughs> i mean okay and so like this is a tangent and we'll go in on like truly the weirdest thing it's not even about him that absolutely bothers me is like the news of his fucking like father marrying his stepdaughter and it's just like and there's like a 50 year difference or something like that mm-hmm. it's it's gross like it's it's beyond gross but you're just like oh this is clearly where he gets it from where he's like Oh well, like population decline is a severe issue, and it's up to us to repo. And like motherfucker, like you have nine kids from all these different women or something. Like I'm not sure if that's the correct number, but like it's a lot. You're, it's a lot. you're super rich, and you're not involved with them until you want to be for like photo ops. But like you just sire these children as your way of like I'm repopulating and spreading my like you know genes and all of that, and then. Ugh, but it's just like everything that continues to come out with like whether it's like all these like issues or delays with SpaceX or him trying to be like, oh, well, here's my way that we could basically placate Russia by basically giving them everything they want in Crimea with a like UN, you know, related, uh, you know, sanction and, and, and vote and allow the people to decide. And even his fans on Twitter were like, mm, no, this is a dumbass take. And then he's up here like now kissing China's ass and being like, oh, just turn Taiwan into Hong Kong because like, oh, that went over well because like you don't remember like any of the like major protests and issues in regards to like Hong Kong losing any of its sovereignty and now trying to be like, oh, well, like Ukraine can't just use Starlink for free. So they told me to fuck off and now the Pentagon needs to pay for it. And then just like the shit with Tesla, like just one, Teslas have always been overrated, but like, even as they're just getting more and more popular, it's, it's coming out more. 
And thankfully, like the other market is catching up. Like not only are these other like electric companies and vehicles coming out, but you know, lo and behold, all these companies that have been making vehicles for the better part of a fucking century who know how to make vehicles rather than like PR machines that seem good are catching up. And so hopefully, but like, it's just like an overinflated, like, I don't like, he just like so many of these other people, he just, he's a fucking clown and he straight up bothers me. Well, let, me, let me let me offer a sidebar. I'm about to get ignorant for, for a little bit. <laughs> so here here is where we can really see systemic racism in this country. I didn't know until you just said this that Elon Musk had nine kids with nine different women. But when Nick Cannon and Future do it, oh, mm-hmm. it's a whole thing. Elon Musk can do it and fly under the radar. No one even talks about that. Oh, yeah. No, 100%. Correct. Yeah, like he's straight up and like a lot of them are like with these different women and they're like, they're either um a lot of his kids have been like it's it's rich people babies like they're doing in vitro and and i know like in vitro is very like good for a lot of other reasons but a lot of the times it's being utilized by rich people to like yeah it's just he's got i really hate to look this up let me look up how many fucking kids he had i'm already looking it up thank you like i don't want to put that in my search history but thank you will by the way, I was joking. Nick Cannon and Future are ignorant for what they're doing, but I'm saying Elon Musk is just as bad, and I didn't know about that. Oh no! Well, I mean, it, like when every now and then he lets it slip, like when he talks about it, and this notion of like, oh, he views it as like it is, it is my burden as like not only the world's richest man, but for me as this man of my intellect and power, it is my job to spread my seed, and he, he shockingly probably has not quite a godplex but like no i think he does yeah so you you get what i'm trying to say is that like they have this weird you know conception of like what they need to do to like like populate the earth but it has to be like their good stock to do it's just like well he has yeah he has nine kids oh god and the what one crazy part is he welcomed twins back in november 21 just one month before the arrival of another child with another woman. Yep. Via surrogate at yep. that. I didn't know that. I think that was his second child. I hate that I know this. I think that it was his second child with Grimes. Yes, yeah, what he says. Surrogate. Well, the only child I knew about was the one that they gave the really weird name to because the name made so many headlines. They all got fucking weird names. It had, this one was like a bunch of symbols, though, and no one knew how to pronounce it. Well, he has two kids with some symbols, apparently. Well, yeah, this nigga got a lot of damn kids. Like, that's a... <laughs> well, they are they beating, what's his name, Antonio Cromarty that played in the NFL? He got a lot of kids, too. Oh, yeah. Damn, I think Antonio Cromarty might be up double digits. I think, yeah, so, Antonio Cromarty's in double digits, bro. I mean, did, did Will Chamberlain have any, like, official kids that he claimed? Because I know he says he had sex with, like, 100 women. No, about to say a thousand women, bro. A thousand? Wow. Yes. <laughs> well, Chamberlain 100% has kids out there. Like, <laughs> but does, does he have any kids that he like claims? Oh, I'm going to have to look that up, actually. And then I know Philip Rivers has like yep. seven or eight kids with his wife. That man is trying to field his own football team. And now that he's retired, you know he's doing way more. Antonio Cromartie has 10 kids and he's 38. <laughs> No, he has 14 kids. My bad. Antonio Cromarty has 14 kids with eight women. <laughs> I'm about to look up who had the most kids in history. <laughs> I mean, 
I wouldn't be surprised if you're like the answered list that is probably Genghis Khan. Like, yeah. Valentina Vasiliev and her husband Theodore Vasiliev are alleged to hold the record for most children that a couple has produced. Okay. Together, they had 69 children. What the fuck? 16 pairs of twins, seven sets of triplets, and four sets of quadruplets between 1725 and 1765 for a total of 27 births. No way she no way she was walking normal. There's no way like that her vagina just had to hurt all the time, bro. Like I thought like I I assume that these would be rich people. Apparently they were peasants in Russia who just had like mad kids. So they was bored and it's just that makes makes the fact that she survived even more impressive. And what years was this? 1725? To 1765 or something. And like she that. survived to have that many kids. That's got to be either fake or a miracle. So when I was just on Wikipedia, it said some, um, I guess, scholars or whatever, like question how accurate that is. But oh, uh, yeah, officially they have the record. Wow. All right. So we got a couple more. We're going to kind of, we'll speed through a couple of these though. Um, the one I really like, the invisible, we're going to switch it up because we have kind of talking about like political and the annoying celebrities and all that. Uh, the Invisible Man, have y'all seen that movie? The Wait, are you talking about the, the recent one from like a couple years ago? The one with yeah. Elizabeth Moss? Yeah. Is I, love- that the, I don't know a lot of white actresses' names. Yeah, so. Elizabeth. Okay. Oh, you know, honestly, Elizabeth Moss would be a good answer for the clutch. But anyway, yes, I have seen that. So The Invisible Man, for the folks listening, uh, is basically about a movie... Uh, where the husband dies and then the woman thinks that he's still alive and think that she's being haunted by him and that he's invisible now because weird things just keep happening in her house and all that good stuff. And spoiler alert, if you haven't seen it, she finds out at the end, it was her twin. It was his twin brother that was just causing her all the craziness and blah, blah, blah. But uh, I said, that's not true. It was him the whole time. He was, no, I thought it was his brother. It was oh, both of them. Oh no, both of them. Okay, so me and Jacory both right. Oh, <laughs> so we're both right. So they my twins, but it was his brother. Yeah. Okay. They were. So thank you. Was a, again, another spoiler. He was like a renowned like scientist who was like yeah. developing like like refraction stuff, and he had an invisible suit that yes. he wore. So correct. Yes. I so, need to rewatch it because I don't remember a twin brother in the movie. I it wasn't a twin, but. It was his brother. That it was two of them together, though. Oh, I need to rewatch it. I haven't seen it in a couple of years. But um, anyway, this award I said was because they was making her look like she was delusional and she was tripping and all that. Who is the most delusional fan base? And this could be sports. It could be a celebrity. Whatever you want. But who's the most? And obviously, my first thoughts went to sports for the most delusional fan base. Again, I'm not again. I'm not going to go with the low hanging fruit because you could also say Kanye's. Fan we're not. Fan. Yeah, we're not bringing him back again because he so, can win a lot of these awards. Let's move away from that. The most. I, I was first thinking. First of all, the Dallas Cowboys fan base because <laughs> every year they think they can win the Super Bowl no matter what, and not just their fan base, but you know I get it now because I used to get annoyed that why are they always talking about the Cowboys? But when I listen to certain like Bomani Jones talks about this. He said it annoys him, but he sees that whenever they talk about the Cowboys in different segments on ESPN shows, the ratings spike. 
when they talk about the Cowboys. The ratings spike when they talk about the Lakers. The ratings spike when they talk about the Knicks somehow. So it's annoying, but those fan bases are so big that when they talk about it, they look at it. But the Cowboys fan base thinks that they're going to win the Super Bowl every year. All right, this I might people might clown me for this, and but Beyonce's fan base, they, they like I love Beyonce. Beyonce is so dope. She makes a lot of great music. Agency. I'm just, <laughs> I just, I just first of all, I just watched that skit on Saturday Night Live on YouTube the other day. The agency. <laughs> And I also watched the other one when they said the day white people found out Beyonce was black, which was oh, hilarious yeah. as well. That's a that's such an underrated one. No one talks about it. It is very that. underrated. But Beyonce's like not her fan base, her stands. They think that anything she, Beyonce could fart on a microphone and they think that it's a Grammy nominated, the most conscious song of all time. And they're just out here like, I can't stop listening to her album. It's the greatest album of all time. It's This last album isn't even my favorite Beyonce album. <clears throat> so, I don't know. I kind of think Beyonce stands are delusional. But I can also say that about Twitter and creators. I love, y'all know I love LeBron James, but LeBron James stands on Twitter are delusional. Steph Curry stands on Twitter are delusional as well. Like all, all stands are extremists. Like yeah, you're all, right. All stands, correct. <laughs> correct. But yeah, like uh I'll I'll just go with the Dallas Cowboys fan base. I'll stick with that one though. Okay. I almost said the Knicks fans, but I think they're aware. They're, they're very aware, yes. They are. They, they know the Knicks suck, and they're probably never going to win the I, championship. Game. I think New York sports fans, actually, period, they know their team suck. Giants, Jets. Aside from, except for Yankees. because they're Okay, except for Yankees. You're right. Except for Yankees. But Giants, Jets, and Knicks, they all are very aware that their heart will probably be broken by their team. Yeah. So I'm going with Cleveland Browns fans. <laughs> because they are still – they are – among among like NFL fans that I've come in contact with, they are some of the most just what's the word I'm looking for? Um, not fanatic. I, I don't know. I can't think of the word. They I'm are thinking. fanatic though because they, they still be going and selling out that stadium every week. Yes, and so much so that even when the Browns have an away game, they will pack out that stadium more than the home team. But it's just like, what are y'all doing? Like, come on. <laughs> but yeah, so my pick goes to them. I'm with that. Yeah, because it shocks me, especially especially football fans. Football fans will go to these games knowing their team sucks, but they go. And mm-hmm. shout out to the loyalty, because I feel like in basketball, it's not that much loyalty, to be honest. Yeah. Like, when going to games, like going to games. Yeah, true, true, true. Yeah, like going to games. Uh, Keeks, what you got? <laughs> I don't know. At this point, just because it always keeps seeming to pop up, because I was thinking about Brooklyn Nets fans. Oh, that's a good one. But I think I'm going to... Not a lot of them, but... Yeah, I think I'm going to hone that in even further. And, man, just Ky- like Kyrie fans. And, like, what is what is going on there? On a what keeks on a scale of one through five, with five is hella annoying. How annoying is Kyrie Irving to you? 
And then you answer too, Jacor. So, so he doesn't he doesn't pop up all the time, which is crazy considering like how right like he just like he has the potential to be a legitimate NBA star. I don't think he's a star anymore. I think no, he's still a star because if he wasn't a star, he wouldn't get this many headlines. That's, okay, that's, that's you know what? That's fair. That's yeah. fair. But I think he could be a superstar. But like he's it's a solid four. Like he on when he pushes those buttons, he is an immediate five for me. But like he's he's just a solid four. Do you now. think and so and I'm and I'm not trying to be funny, but do you think it has anything? And I know you, but do you think it has anything with white people and that he's black? Because I will say early on, I was trying my best to support him, like no, they tripping, blah blah blah. But the more and more, I was like, all right, nigga, like you tripping, you <laughs> so, getting on my nerves. So I mean, like, and I'm I not talking about think, you. I'm talking about what do you oh, think, no, no, white no, no. people? I don't think that like that is always going to be something that you're going to have to consider with something like that when it is a opinionated black athlete trying to talk about issues. I think Kyrie's issue is that he is like he is very much in that 16, 17 year old mindset where he is a contrarian, but he wants to be that big brain like free thinker and all that mm-hmm. out here who's like going to these like off kilter sources and he's surrounded by yes men i know more like, than y'all i know more exactly. than y'all he wants to be that like smartest person in the room but like oh but i've done my own research and like mm-hmm. i'm not listening to the masses because i've opened my third eye he's very much like, aaron Rodgers, to be honest i was just about to say that <laughs> so like so there's things like that and what just the stuff with him that it just it's not only it's not only like the flat earther it kept when that came out like that was amusing for a bit mm-hmm. yeah it was amusing and yes. then he kept kind of doubling down but then he backed off of it and he was like all right let me let me just keep my head down and but then stuff with like but hold on he also tried to say that we were silly to believe he was being for real yeah it made it seem like we was the ones tripping yeah so and then stuff with covid really pushed it over the edge and then just every now and then on reddit or you'll see these stuff these things where he's like people notice wow he just really liked this thing that implied this and like like i mean he's like in joe rogan's post or like the alex jones thing where he was like alex jones tried to warn us six years ago and i'm like nah motherfucker like (laughs) like that man is vile like that's that's a bad take and then it's Mm -hmm. just like also like, I don't know. I think the issue, like, there's just, there's a lot of things wrong with it to where, like, he's insulated. I think he's surrounded, like, in many of these cases, like, these guys are going to have their friends that are close to them, and either they're going to be the exact same mindset as them, or they're just going to be like, uh, I can't mess with my payday. I just got to be a yes man, and it's just not going to be good. And you just wonder, like, just, I mean, <laughs> you you get why Harden just was, like, Nah, I'm I'm out of here. Like I'm already potentially dealing with injuries and on the decline. I'm I'm gonna rather I'm I want to go to a dysfunctional Philadelphia team and and like play with a paper giant in Embiid than deal with this shit. Like like I don't I don't want to deal with this anymore. I'm done. I'm done. And I get it because it's just like it's just it's a lot. It's a lot. And it's and he, and he wonders why people like 
I still, I like, I really think he's still hung up on how Celtic fans treat him and mm-hmm. view him. But at the same time, man, like, like what have you done since making the like outside of LeBron's block? Like that is an that is truly an iconic moment in sports history, and that was you. And here you were trying to adopt the oh I'm the I'm the next Kobe Bryant I want to be the, the Mamba mind, mindset and all this, and then like you you are not that guy, you aren't that guy. Hey, <laughs> I just wanna I wanna throw this out there. Keegan was also one of those people that was hard on the I hate LeBron he'll never oh, yeah. win. <laughs> oh yeah, I've told Will this so much, and like back when I was on Facebook and you get those memories, and I would see these asinine stupid ass posts i would make making jokes about that and i like looking back on that it's it's not like my biggest regret but i missed out on prime basketball just enjoying just enjoying yeah and like i could still like and again (laughs) it was it's kind of the same way with tom brady man like i hated watching those guys but like i've gotten to a point now where you're just like what tom brady has done is incredible what lebron james obviously has done is incredible and like even then I've, I've told well this time and time again like that that game six celtics game where i was straight ready foaming at the mouth to just clown lebron and then he's just comes out drops like what was it 30 35 at halftime and just i think he had like 40 and 15 or something yeah. like that what, just, why do you think why do you think you hated tom brady and lebron james so much it's I think especially and I hold on real quick and I I asked that because obviously you're you're like sports fans hate athletes and players all the time but for me I've never had an actual player that I really just hated like I've had players that I didn't like watching like the Spurs and Tim Duncan I didn't enjoy watching them I didn't I don't enjoy Alabama winning but I don't hate Alabama I just like the only team that I hate it's Kentucky, and that's because I'm a Louisville fan, so I have a reason to hate them. But you are a Jacksonville Jaguars fan that hates Tom Brady and okay. Le- that and I, well, they hated them. So I can, I can hold on real quick, Jacory, go ahead real quick. I can, I can understand Tom Brady hate. That's completely understandable. So there's so one. Okay, so it's interesting when Tom Brady came on, and I like definitely rooted for the Pats and a lot of those early Super Bowls because it was like. It was a feel-good. You said you story. rooted for them at first. Yeah, because it okay. was a feel-good story. It was like a six-round, you know, quarterback. They were like they were a team. They were balanced. They were always the underdog. And then it just it always happens. It's a it's a tale as old as time. Like they just kept winning. And then it also this and this truly I think is a perfect encapsulation of like sports fandom to where how truly non-important and like assigned it is. But like. He was a pretty boy and he always won. And that just like, as a teenager, that just got to you. But also there's no direct reason, but also I can at least say in Christ, just for how long he's played and how few times the Jags have made the playoffs in his like career, the last 20 years, the Jags have made the playoffs three times. He has ended their playoff run all three times. Can you remember the quarterbacks for each time he ended their playoff runs? Byron Lefwich, 
David Garrard, Blake Bortles. I was about Bortles. to say all three of them. I figured they, yeah. he went through three eras of Jacksonville 100%. while being with one team. <laughs> yep. And so, and that right there. Is, so I get it. I understand so, it. So that's greatness. <laughs> so that's explaining that with LeBron, it was like I told you, I've been a roller coaster. Like when he was coming in, he was overhyped. I was sick of him. I wanted him to. I wanted him to be a Kwame Brown. I wanted him to. But finish. why though? Like what? I don't know because well, <laughs> I can't explain it. That's why. That's like, and I think when you get old enough and you can truly take a step back and evolve from being like a typical sports fan, like sports make you do straight yes. up irrational. Things. That's why fan is short for fanatic. Like yeah. it's it doesn't like, make sense. <laughs> and like to where like I wanted him to fail. But then, like, I saw him drag that sorry-ass team to the finals against the Spurs, and I was like, you know what? Never mind. I respect him. But then, So like, then you started fucking with him then. Yeah. Okay. But then he, like, but then he kept running into the Celtics, and then, like, I was like, oh, he's kind of turned into, a, like, a little whiny little, quote, bitch, and he's flopping. And then, like, the decision happened, and at that point, it was like... And you was ready. I fucking the, hate the gloves, him. <laughs> the gloves were off. Like, and, like, I was in, I was in college at that time at UCF, I knew God knows how many Heat fans that were already insufferable because they were Heat fans. So we're, like, hold on, hold on, my bad. So were are and were Miami Heat fans like insufferable, annoying, and all that? Are they actually like that? Because I don't know, I don't know a lot of like true born and raised Miami Heat fans. For what the franchise had like accomplished outside of like the Shaq, Dwayne, like in like, yeah, we have all those great memories of them in the nineties, but they never accomplished anything. Right. They, they like, they ran into the Jordan buzzsaw some years or they had injuries, mm-hmm. but it was just like, they were always like, they thought Dwayne Wade was this like, like Dwayne Wade was a superstar, but it was just weird where you're like the, like I knew so many Miami fans, Miami heat fans going into like the end of that season where they were legitimately scared that Dwayne was going to leave. Like, oh, they were? Nice. They actually yeah. really thought? Mm. And then, all of a sudden, in the span of, like, two fucking months, Dwayne Wade, like, takes that sorry-ass team, and they're, like, an eighth seed, and then he takes them to the playoffs, and they lose, and that's expected. Because the, I remember they lost in the first round, and he said, I remember in that press conference, after they lost in the first round, all I know is, I'm never losing in the first round again. And that's, I, I just, I don't know why, but I remember him saying, we I will never lose in the first round again because they asked him if he was leaving or what's going to change. He said, I don't know, but I'm never losing in the first yeah. round again. And then the rest was history. And then that, so that added to it. But it was also- Because like, you didn't care for Miami Heat fans already. And then LeBron went to Miami. Yeah. So that doubled it down then. Yeah. And so like, that was a proximity thing where I just knew- <laughs> Like three or four of these people that I was either friends with or I worked with them or I like one of like shit, man. One of the professors that I had in grad school was a big Heat fan. He was all over the place. He was also a Notre Dame grad. And that was when Notre Dame went to the championship and got blown out. By Alabama. Yeah. He wasn't running his mouth about that. At least he expected that. The Manti Teo years. Yeah. But it's just, it's just. Keegan's going back to those days. Look at him. <laughs> like Keegan about to start hating LeBron again because we taking him back down memory lane. <laughs> oh, I just hated that look, look. Like, so are there were there any other players, athletes that you will put on that same level that you like hated, like LeBron and Tom Brady? 
I'm surprised I can't think of a player, a baseball player from the 90s. And you would think, because, man, like, for a while I hated the Yankees. Yeah. But again, like, and that was the thing. Like, if you were a baseball fan and you weren't a Yankees fan in the 90s, you hated the Yankees. Like, they just, they were that historic team, but they, all, like, they would buy the players and they would always win. And, like, even looking back on it, like, so much of their, like, talent was homegrown or, or things like that. But, I like, I didn't hate Derek Jeter. I didn't hate you know, Mariano Rivera, like, yeah, like, I, I just can't think of a So base- it's pretty much Tom Brady and LeBron. <laughs> yeah, like, even, like, even when, like, baseball, like, white baseball purists, especially, try and talk about, like, Barry Bonds now, like, yep. when Barry Bonds was breaking that record, I was, like, I had a bet with my dad, and I won money off of it. I was cheering him on and all that, like, I don't hate Barry Bonds. I didn't hate Mark McGuire or Sammy Sosa for disrespecting <laughs> disrespecting the game. the game like they're like i think those are just the two okay. like those are just the two players that i could say for a period i quote hated and now even then i'm like why like why you know i will say i don't know if i hated the lakers but i was a sacramento kings fan so probably and i was a big chris weber fan so i probably did hate the lakers because they kept winning and they kept beating the Kings. So I probably did Especially that. Especially in a couple of those series, man, where it was chippy and controversial. Right. That so Shaq Kobe years, I probably hated the Lakers. That's fair. Like that was during a period where I, I didn't like the Lakers, but I also, I just really loved Shaq. It was, so I was just all over the place where I was like, I fucking hate the Lakers, but God. And I, I never hated Kobe, but I didn't become a Kobe fan. Yeah. until after Shaq left and when he was like doing it by himself. And that's just from, I've always been a person. I like the wild, wild West when it comes to sports. I'm the person that I don't mind if a new team wins the championship every single year. I don't like these dynasties. And I'd rather teams. have that. Yeah. Yeah. I like when the new, like when you have no idea who's going to win it though, yeah. like when Kevin Durant was with golden state, I hated those years. I didn't hate golden state. Because I liked all those players, but I hate when you go into the season realizing this team's probably going to win it. Now, there can be a couple favorites, but that's better. I, I want it where it's like there's five or six teams that can win the championship this year. There's yeah. seven. like, And in the NBA right now, we don't know who's going to win it. Like, It's a lot of different teams, so I like it like this better. But So I think that's why I kind of hated the Lakers at that time because, like I said, I was a Kings fan, Chris Webber fan. And I hate when you know this team's most likely going to win the championship. It makes boring TV. It's just yeah. boring content. All right. We've been on this one for a long time. We're going to end this segment. I do have two more, so we may move it to the uh, next segment or whatnot. I wasn't expecting this one to go this long, but you know how it is. Chicken and liquor hour. We be right back. Are we still going to? Oh. 